And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, George Galante, radio play-by-play voice of the Orlando Magic, Jake Chapman. And this is our crossover podcast. That's right, a combination of Magic Pod Squad and also Mostly Magic, which is hosted by Jake Chapman. David Steele, Jeff Turner, still on All-Star break, as they should be, doing yeoman's work. They've traveled every game this year. Jake, does it ever get old being called the radio play-by-play voice of the Orlando Magic. Has that sunk in yet, my friend? It's sunk because in, it's, but... Because it's one of the 19 things that you do, by the way. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think my title is technically just radio broadcaster, which I guess is yep. a yep. It's kind of a nice catch-all. Um, I, don't, I, I don't refer to myself as radio broadcaster when I tell people what I do. I do say that I'm the radio play-by-play voice. It has sunk in, Dante. I think probably game four, it had already yeah, sunk yeah. in because of what you said. There's a, there's, there was a lot going on earlier on in the season. So it has certainly sunk in, but I, um, it doesn't get old. That's for sure. I don't think it'll ever get old hearing that. And, and over all-star weekend, we had baby showers and stuff like that. So basically everybody, oh, okay. I would say that first, I would say, hi, I'm the radio play-by-play voice of the Orlando Magic. Jake, like, like the name comes after the title. When I <laughs> Gotcha. Gotcha. I like that. Well, I want to get into all of our all-star plans. We'll recap everybody. We're going to recap all-star weekend, kind of the, the, and then preview the final 23 games of the season. What lies ahead for this Orlando magic, uh, some minor transactions that took place. Uh, George has a lot more on his plate. We'll have more on that coming out down the line too, by the way, myself and, and George with what we've been dealing with, with former players and things been fun catching up with, uh, with all of them as well. But George as a seasoned veteran that understands the importance of shutting it down during all-star weekend. Did you get a chance to do that? What were your, what did your all-star break consist of? I did. The best part was is that I was not on the trip either before the All Star break, so Ooh. I still was doing work for the two games. You know, the two the lad the Chicago game and the Toronto game before the break. But I, I this is my first day in the office in about ten days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I does that TV I, yeah. stay on the whole time? By the way, yes, it does. It, it, it does. Sure I can, it does. I can vouch for that. It does. Do they I'm still have curious. bulbs. Like, do the bulbs burn out? Is that how this? <laughs> is that how this works? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Yeah. At some at some point, they'll probably have to replace that. But no. It it's like I've told you guys before when I was younger and, you know, and single and they said, Hey, do you want to go to all-star weekend? I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Fantastic. Like, yeah, let's do it. Couldn't think of anything else I'd want to do. And then after you go to two or three, you know, me being not the brightest, it took me three to realize that the rest of the office. And this is at a time too, when the all-star break was not, what it is today. I mean, today it's eight days, nine days, like for everybody, everybody gets, you know, two, you know, a day or two before the the weekend starts. And then they get three days after, like, this is the days where we played on a Wednesday, you left on Thursday to get there for Friday. You come back after the game on Sunday night, and then you're playing again on Tuesday. Like that was when, and then you realize that the entire office is shut down. No emails, no phone calls that, you come back from All Star Weekend, you're completely disheveled. Well, that happens on that happens on road games and anytime <laughs> after six o'clock, anyway. During the week. <laughs> that's true. That that that's true. But what, but then it, it really it it irks you when, or at least it irked me when I would walk back into the office. Everybody's like, eh, no bags under their eyes. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. Went, they, maybe they got a little suntan because they've been yes. for three days. Meanwhile, my rear end is running around chasing Tracy McGrady 70 ways yeah, yeah. You know, to Sunday. In Minneapolis. 
it, yeah. And then you right, got to get, right. and then you got to get right back at it. And so I, I told Joel glass a long time ago that if I ever get sent to all-star weekend again, like that's a punishment, I, I'm considering yes. that. A pun- no, got no it. offense to anybody that goes like Trish Wingerson now goes on our behalf. Sure. sure. Does a great job, but um, yeah, I could, I, I really enjoy when, when that, when there's that break in the calendar and you don't see any blue or white squares on the calendar. Cause that's what we go by. Right guys. Like that's it's, right. That's it's heaven. It's heaven. It's well, it's a is. phenomenal, it's a phenomenal thing for fans. And I don't know if any sport does uh, it's all-star weekend better than the NBA. It's phenomenal sure. for everyone who's involved on the player front, but yeah, it can be a lot for staff and especially you're traveling during the year anyway. Right. So that's uh, that, that certainly adds its own challenges. I'm going to let you know what I did during the break. Yeah. I'm interested I in this. From, I want to hear from Jake first because Jake has a little one on the way right shortly after the season's over because we'll we'll get to that first round of the postseason. And if we don't get to the second round, you know, then it's all it's baby time for Jake Chapman. Right. Right around the middle to middle of May there for him. Right. So what was your all star break like, Mr. Chapman? Yeah, because baby time has not started yet. I have I've not done any preparations. <laughs> no, um, no, not yet. Not no, yet. no, no, no. I had a so Thursday night was a virtual shower with the family members, um, my family members Good. from around the country, mostly Cleveland and Philadelphia, um, chimed in. And some of them haven't even met Kelly yet. And so that was very interesting. Some of the cousins and things like that. And so that was a very nice experience. And then Saturday was the actual baby shower um, that, you know, so much work went into it. It's her shower. And yet she is very heavily involved in it. And it's a stressor and a lot of work for her. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I was like sitting there going, no, let them do it. No, let your friends do it. No, you know, but it always ends up being so it was kind of a big hurdle to get over. It was lovely. My sister, my mom and my niece flew in from Cleveland and Philadelphia um, for it. And they flew out on Monday. So then on Sunday, we had a nice beach uh, pool day. Kelly and I went yesterday to the beach and kind of wrapped up the vacation or at least a f- couple days off um, with a nice relaxing beach day, New Smyrna. So Good it was fantastic. It was really, really nice. I, you know, we're, we're only doing an audio version of this, but I'm sitting here in my quote unquote office at my house and I am surrounded by stuff, by diapers, yeah. Oh, yeah. by clothes. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this is uh, and, and we and that doesn't go job. away after the baby comes. That doesn't it doesn't. Go away. Now, no. now let George let George and I know because it's been a while for us with our kids. What do you ask for now at these showers? What's the what are the hot items now? Cash, Jake. Go straight cash. Just straight cash, homie. Gold hard money. Gold hard money, Jake. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, we didn't get any cash. I didn't know what that was about. Oh, I suppose kidding. that's more of a wedding oh, shower thing. Interesting. Um, yeah. We got a lot of diapers, and Good. but the big the big ones are obviously you need the car seat and the base, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you need the um, the high chair. It, w- it was a big one. We got the high chair. Um, Good. Good. We got monitor. We got two different monitors to kind of check it out. One of these ones, it's got like artificial intelligence, and it does like sleep schedule of the baby and reports it on the phone. Um, so there is yes, I mean. It, when I got a By the way, you can you can just put that right in the trash can. If you <laughs> sleep schedule for the baby. The sleep schedule for the baby. But yeah, it tells you, right you know, right like in the it, trash can. Exactly. I mean, it's an app, so I don't know if that's possible. Thanks, but, Nana. Um, keep the alarm. Keep the alarm. <laughs> keep the monitor because you'll want to keep an eye on. And it I think you can press a button where it like it gives it like soothing sounds, or you can change the different oh, okay. types of like white noise and stuff like that. Um, no, it's. It, this is gonna sound like a weird trans transition, but when I got a dog, I realized how many, how much money is made off of pet owners. Like yes, I, I, sure, I don't think you ever sure. sort of register unless you own one. Uh, how much crap there is mm-hmm, associated right. with it, and it's mm-hmm. ten times, twenty times more. I mean, owning 
accumulating the amount of stuff that you need to bring a baby into this world is, yes. is such an undertaking. Yes. Um, so you good know, for you, man. Space, space has been the big thing. I've just been trying to figure out where to yeah. put all this stuff, but uh, it was wait a lot of take fun, that, and take uh, that we felt the love for sure on your first road trip and jam that car full every conceivable thing you got in that room right now okay well that's awesome jake congrats man congrats to you and i, I know we're all excited awesome. for you with your journey we went can, skiing I, can I tell you guys something time. real fast can i do something sure. real fast yes yes so um maybe we'll edit this out maybe not we <laughs> careful careful <laughs> we played baby bingo as we were okay. unwrapping the gifts right okay and there was a woman at the shower who I did not know very well. She's a fr friend of my girlfriend's, obviously. And this is what she filled out on her baby bingo card. And it says, what you should get is an engagement ring. And then she came up and very, very intimidatingly handed it to me at the end, end of the shower. Wow. <laughs> I wow. was like, wow. That's say nice, to, okay. nice to meet you. Take it easy. Nice to meet you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, there you go. Allegedly, we won't use real names, but allegedly. little edge, little edge, little edge. Okay. Towards the end of the shower. And How about that? Well, I, it wouldn't be proper uh, family get together if there wasn't some sort of angst somewhere, somewhere <laughs> from somebody, right? Well put. Very well you put. Have, you can't have everyone together and have it all go perfectly. No. no. Very no. well no. put. No. Well, that's so. Fantastic. But I'm saving this one. I'm going to frame it. Well, you're on the clock now, I guess is what is what we're all finding out. You're certainly you're certainly on the clock. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. We got we got out of town. We went up to Pennsylvania, went skiing. We were gonna go to Colorado or uh Utah. Whole world converged on Utah, so we thought probably that's not a great idea. And nope. we saw the prices for Colorado and we said mm -hmm. we don't need to go there. Right. Nope. You've done that, George. Don't need to go yep. there. So yep. we skipped up. But to Pennsylvania, Camelback Resort. Perfect. Great. None of them had skied before, my wife and my daughters. So we did that. Then we had the brilliant idea. My youngest daughter turned eight on Monday. We had the idea that we would surprise the girls with a new dog. We did it. We did it. Look oh, at yesterday. You. We did it. We went down and picked up the dog. He's clawing at the door right now. I know how you guys Let him feel in. about that when you're doing your podcast. Yep. Little Baxter. Little Baxter. And Baxter. he's, uh, I still have no idea what kind of dog it is. It's a combination of a couple different dogs. But uh, anyway, it's it's awesome. The thing is really cool. It's seven months old, so it's a little puppy. Sleeps in the crate, the whole deal. But um, cool. I, I gotta ask. But I gotta ask you guys this: the woman who gave it to us, phenomenal mm -hmm. lady, phenomenal lady, just realizes you know what a puppy is too much for me. Wanted it to go to a good home. We got mutual friends that put us in touch. Stars aligned. It was awesome. She said, "You can't change the name." I didn't know what to make of that. I mean, it's seven months old, can't change. We like the name. The name is written on all the stuff, gave us the toys, gave us the, I mean, paid $2,000 for the dog, oh, man. above and beyond, did everything. So out of out of respect and gratitude for what she's done, we will not. But can you not change the name? No, it depends I, I on how much money you pay for it. Once you get over the $1,000 <laughs> threshold, you can call that thing whatever you want. We didn't you pay want. anything. We didn't pay I anything. Like, yeah. got, oh, oh, okay. She, okay oh, you didn't pay yeah. anything. I thought, I thought oh. you said you paid $2,000. She did. She paid $2,000 for the dog. And you, then you, you have to honor you, her wishes. Are we ever going to see yeah. her again? Are we ever going to see this woman again? We will. We will. She will well, be a part then, of our lives then, again. Then that's also, that's also part of the equation. Because <laughs> if you're never going to see her again, you can do whatever the hell you want, I would think. See, but Baxter's a great name. It gives you the Anchorman tie. It's a great exactly. Dog exactly. It's a great dog I wanted. Name. I wanted Brady, but anyway, we will go. We'll no, go. sound Baxter I, sounds better than Baxter. Come on, better. come on. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. Just wait till Much he eats better. a wheel of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Not even I can't that. Wait. 
I can't wait for that. I won't even be mad. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope everybody had a good All-Star break. All Magic fans. One, one thing I do know is Magic fans are ready for the start of the second half of the season, unofficial second half of the season. Uh, a lot of time to go without basketball. You can't consider the All-Star game itself basketball, right? Because nope. that's uh, that's that it. Not- we, we will have not played for eight days by the time, the time of this recording Wednesday the Magic won't play again until Thursday so quick recap you know we're now four days past it I don't think we need to get into much from All-Star Weekend other than I'll let you guys go with whatever thoughts you might have from All-Star Weekend but my thought pretty cool even though Franz Wagner did not score in the rookies in the Rising Stars game Paolo Bancaro nine points in the first game four points in the championship game his team wins team Pau Gasol MVP goes to Jose Alvarado Pretty cool to to on a national stage to to see the Magic well represented. I thought with Paulo and Franz Wagner, I, I think it was just important that you know, like that they're there again. Yep. You know, yep. any time that they can experience any part of the weekend uh, to surround yourself with, you know, you, you want the best of the best, right? Like you're even if even if you're yeah. on the Rising Stars game, those are the best of the you know the fresh uh, rookies and sophomores. It, it, it's always good to have representation there at the weekend. It's great for Franz and Paolo that not only were they obviously selected to the Rising Stars game, but they were the first two yes, guys chosen. picked by, you know, so that should show league and the basketball world, you know, that these guys are, you know, up and coming stars in their own right. Um, they probably have both have aspirations to play on Sunday. I think if you ask any of those guys that compete on Friday and on Saturday that are not involved with the main event, which is Sunday, you know, that's the goal for all of them. So they can see what it takes. They can kind of rub elbows with with the best of the best of the best current and past. I mean, that's the beauty. That is the one cool thing of All-Star Weekend for those that have Absolutely. never been is you have the the stars of today, right? The Luka Doncic's. LeBron James, and then you turn to your left and Julius Irving is there and Tracy McGrady is there, Carmelo Anthony, uh, you know, it, and that's the way it's been for forever, forever. The league just converges on this one day. Um, So it's, it's great that Paolo got to experience for the first time all-star weekend. And it's great that Franz got to go back another time, no matter how they did in uh, any competitions. Yeah, I think, and, you know, like, Paul Gasol and Joe Kim Noah and Darren Williams and having those guys just around, I think there's there's a whole lot of kind of osmosis that can that can happen um, that can work positively. And like George said, like, you know, just the the elbow rubbing with, with the greats, um, that's awesome. And that's all very, very valuable. And then I also think, you know, I think we all expect – those two guys to be playing on Sundays on the sun in the Sunday game. Yes. Very, very, very soon at some point. Easy. And I so mean, they're they. coming. So do they, they said that too, which is great. I love and that mentality, they're, but they're coming out of this with 23, very important basketball games in front of them. And so the idea of figuring out how to pace yourself over the course of the weekend, you know, I, I, I kind of like that they're easing their way into um, taking part in all-star weekend. And then hopefully next year they do play on Sunday, but you think about it and we were just talking about this, you know, and, and what did Lucas say? I think they asked him on Saturday, what he's most looking forward to. And he said, Monday when I'm in Mexico, right? Like <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> figuring out a way right, to, right, to, right. to 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 grab that R and R wherever you can over yeah. the course of a very busy five six days is really really important when you're making a playoff push. And then I mean we again we fully expect Paulo and Franz to be taking part in some capacity in these weekends moving forward. And so I think I kind of like the idea that you play the Rising Stars now twice for Franz and the first time for Paulo. Yes. And, and and you figure out a way to kind of dip your toes into All Star Weekend, but still grab that rest and relaxation and come out ready to go for the for the final push. I th- I still think Jalen Suggs should have been there, should have been a part. So do of I. It. And, and I, but I understand the games missed, huh? and I then and, and you got to reward the guys that are able to stay on the floor certainly. But I think he's playing well enough, and he play and he deserved to be there. And, well, and we'll we'll all feel that 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 he should have been there had he been, just been able to stay a little healthier. Yeah, I think he's playing well now, right, guys? Like he's right, he, right. he's been phenomenal the last couple of weeks you know but the, the the problem for him to get to the rising stars is it doesn't just take these two weeks before it takes the whole body sure. of work and Correct. he had too many games missed and and not you know not enough time to get in there the ironic Joe. part is we'll, you look at what jose alvarado did and like we've got our own souped up version of jose alvarado if you let Jalen suggs yeah, lose that game on friday night he would have had a handful of steals a and potentially a game winner but oh so that was my favorite part about the whole game and maybe even the entire weekend was jose the jose alvarado experience yeah I'm not a fan. you know me well I'm enough both of you yeah. guys do to know that i'm a jose alvarado type of guy and, and that's fun i like seeing guys like that kind of get their shine on a friday night you also would have liked to have seen Luka, Jokic, and Embiid on the same team because you kind of like the slightly port- portlier guys, and I think you would like to have seen them all on the same team. I think you would have. I think you would have enjoyed. That was the other thing I thought of when I was watching the draft. <laughs> and not, you know what I mean. You, you I don't know if I've ever heard it phrased that way. That's the perfect way to yeah, describe not, not, what I'm. I mean, what, what, in, what appeals in, to me in an NBA yeah, player: a slightly portlier guy. That's right. Obviously, phenomenal athletes and in terrific shape, but but just just a little bit different than than what you what you typically see. Hey, George, last thought on this: yeah. as a PR guy and myself, as someone that has to ask these questions, the the media portion of NBA All Star Weekend, the insanity that is that trying to get close to these superstars, trying to get a microphone in there, and then to have somebody ask uh, Jabari Smith Jr. if he could beat Michael Jordan one on one. Right. And he said, yeah, he absolutely would beat 60 year old Michael Jordan because he's 60. <laughs> do we need that? Can we do we need the media portion of NBA All-Star Weekend? I, I mean, you have media from all over the world at All-Star <laughs> Weekend. It's the it's, you know, other than the finals, it's the biggest event that the league, you know, has out there. And if, yes, you need to have the media. You don't have you don't need to have dumb questions. <laughs> okay. You okay, never need to have dumb, dumb, never, questions. dumb questions. Yeah. Never but, what, but, but let me ask you guys yeah, a question. If not, then when do the dumb questions get asked? Because there needs to be a forum for dumb questions. It's tomorrow. Just kind of the, it's tomorrow just before we play Detroit, you can have a dumb off. Feel free to throw in a couple of dumb questions there. Yeah, we'll, that's fine. We'll, re- we'll wrap any up team, the session right away. Any team, any team, their first game back after All-Star break. You can have any questions. <laughs> that's right. That's, 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 right. That, that's the way to do it. The Magic got 23 games left here remaining in the season, but a couple of transactions were made, a, a couple of new additions, a, a roster move. Uh, congrats to Admiral Schofield and Goga Bataze. We'll get into that. But some departures, guys, and I know this is the part of the business that's that's never easy. And, and the Magic saying goodbye to Terrence Ross, R.J. Hampton, and Mo Bamba here recently. And I don't know that any of them are surprises, 
I, I don't, I don't, I think that we probably could see the writing on the wall with a lot of these guys. They were out of the rotation, weren't playing. But a guy like Terrence Ross, George, we've been around long enough, and, and Jake, you too, and, and in different organizations to kind of see this happen. A guy that kind of the best part of his NBA career, arguably, was right here in Central Florida. And we got to see all seven years of Terrence Ross. We got to see him become the human torch. We got to see him be a part of this team getting back to the playoffs. We got to see him have a lot of success. And you knew it was probably going to happen the last couple of years once they moved on from Booch and Evan and, and Aaron Gordon. But he was a phenomenal veteran for this team. He had some big moments. And I know we're all I know we're all appreciative of the time we had with Terrence. And we wish him nothing but the best. The, the crazy thing was was realizing that he had been here for seven years. I did not yeah, think it right? had been that long. And I don't know why. Obviously, I've been here the whole seven years he was here. Sure, and then sure. some. And when I was writing up the press release, which I, I, you know, I looked at it in seven years. I'm like, there's no way Terrence Ross there's was no here way. for right. seven years, right. but, but he was. And, and you're right. Like he was a, he was a big part of, you know, that, that, that one little group that got us back to the playoffs for a couple of yep. years. He was a very, very key component uh, in those teams. I, I think he embraced the role, you know, he was not, used to being the sixth man when he yep. got here from Toronto right. and, and Steve Clifford put him in that position and he, and he thrived and he excelled and he, and he embraced it and he embraced the human torch. He embraced everything about living in Orlando and central Florida. And I think you saw in all his social media mm -hmm. posts and, and his goodbyes to, to magic fans that, you know, he doesn't plan on, you know, just like a lot of guys when they come here, right. Oh yeah, they, they come and they experience Orlando and the people and everything in the Central Florida community, and they say, "Well, this is my home now." Like when when I'm done, I'm coming back to Orlando. Um, so I think Terrence, you know, he he fits very well on that Phoenix Suns team. I think he's going to give them a lift. I think uh, I think he's going to help them make this push in the Western Conference uh, playoffs. And obviously we wish nothing but the best to him and to Mo and to, and to RJ too. It, it's uh, like you said, it's never, it's never easy saying goodbye to any of these guys. Cause you get to know them. Um, but we, you wish them well, you know, for every other game when they're playing, except for when they're playing the magic. Well, Mo Bamba five years with the Orlando magic, it, it just never quite panned out. You know, you, no. you could see that the talent was tantalizing at times and that could be just a, a case of, uh, I better uh, just change the scenery. He gets to go to another team and, and maybe get a fresh start. And credit to Jeff Weltman and John Hammond for kind of sending all these guys, you know, or allowing this to all happen to go to desirable locations. Could have got a couple of second rounders probably for Terrence Ross and, and send him to a team that's not a contender. You know, could have maybe right. traded, traded Mo Bamba to a less desirable situation to get more. But I think that speaks volumes for future free agents that you allowed these guys to go to get, you sent Booch, Evan, Gordon into great situations, right? So doing right by the player, I think is going to, is going to speak is going to speak volumes for this front office and the way they handle things. It did, didn't work out with Obama. You could see it with RJ Hampton. Kind of the writing was on the wall. RJ Hampton, three seasons. He, you know, he hadn't played but two games since the beginning of January. So you kind of knew that, that that might be where that was headed. But you know, the talent's there. If he goes to Detroit, you wish him nothing but the best. Ironically, see him tomorrow uh, here potentially with with the new uniform. But Jake, as we kind of get your thoughts on all this stuff, you know, is, is Terrence Ross arguably? The best bench player in Magic history, mm. arguably. When you talk about just bench, right, guys that were were kind of bench players, six men. Yeah, Daryl did it for a while. Dennis Scott did it for a while. But those guys primarily, really starters in their Magic careers. You, you might argue 
that he, you know, when you add up all the numbers, he, he might have been the best bench player we had. Yeah, consistently, right? I mean, you're talking about a guy who has who who filled that role, that that sort of microwave heat up role, and did it well, right, and right. also did it, you know, on playoff teams. Daryl wins six man, so I think he's got to be in the conversation. I'm trying to think of who you would call the six men from the from the Dwight teams. You know, JJ came off uh, the bench JJ, well for Pia, a couple Pia, years. Beatrice, yeah, yeah, you had a number. Gordon as your backup Ryan center. Anderson for a while. Ryan, right. Um, but but it's hard to argue just with, with the production. And the other thing is this, like, and Dante, you and I talked about this on Drive Time. Mo and RJ are in situations now where they're getting, like, another opportunity. And right, they have expectations right. that are, are pretty low. Ter- like, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of getting another, another shot at it. Terrence comes in with a proven track record. And, yeah. and you and I, and I think High George probably agrees yeah. with us. But I fully expect him to help a lot. And George just said that. <laughs> Uh, in Phoenix, I mean, he is going to—he's going to be a kind of smooth-over guy, I think. That is just like, buddy, stand there, space the floor for us, and if they're closing out hard, do that one-step dribble in and and take that long two, and that's it. And so, I think he's in a great spot. I think Monty is going to be able to utilize him instantly. Um, I fully expect that to be a a, a pretty meaningful uh, addition for the Phoenix Suns. Not quite as meaningful as the other one that they made, but, but, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah in, fair enough, fair enough. Coming in a close second. Um, so yeah, I think that's a fair question, Dean. Best bench player in Magic history. You're talking about 34 seasons. There certainly isn't anybody I think who 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 jumps to mind who filled that role consistently over the course of a few seasons over, over as the, well the Barons did. You have J.J. Yeah. Redick, you have other guys that were great in their role when they did it, but they started, in my opinion, too many games. See, I, I lean towards Daryl there only because, sure. listen, Daryl won the Sixth Man of the Year award in the whole mm-hmm. league. Granted, it was in a in a shortened season, and when you look back at his career, he started as a six. You know, he kind of went the opposite of Terrence. He started as a six man right. and then grew into the starter's role Whereas Terrence, you know, came here as a starter from Toronto and then kind of evolved into the six-man role. So it kind of is role reversal for both guys. I I lean toward Daryl as the best only because of that, you know, say the two years where he was ridiculous coming off the bench and, and changing the pace and, and totally. just doing things uh, for, for the team that, that they had him do. So, but yeah, Terrence is, is definitely... You know, when you when you look back at it, like you said, it's hard to argue that he's not one of the top two or three. I mean, easily because one of those other got even those other teams, those Dwight teams, there was no like, all right, first guy off the bench is Michael Petrus. Yes, Petrus averages fifteen a night. Like that's that's not the way those teams were built. So yeah, Terrence is probably easily up there or three. Yeah, if you if you go by best seasons off the Daryl for sure and and all that and and but the totality of it maybe it's a it's a great it's a fun thing for Magic fans certainly to debate. We find out yesterday, George, that Admiral Schofield's two way contract is converted to a standard contract. Twenty five year old in his third season Uh, hasn't played since January twenty eighth. They can only play fifty games, right? A total of fifty games when you're a two way guy. So you're kind of now, now with 23 games left, ironically, Kevon Harris has played 27. So theoretically, he could dress and be available for the final 23, if I'm not mistaken, uh, here down the stretch. So uh, if, if he doesn't have to sit out, somebody's got to sit out. But to, to my uh, understanding, he could be available 
for the final 23. But congrats to Admiral Schofield. That's what it's about. You want to get a full-time roster slot. Maybe one comes down the road for, for Kivon. And then Goga Bataze, who had his first couple of practices here the last few days after four years with Indiana. He gets to go against his first, his former team uh, on Saturday against the Indiana Pacers. And, and George, I guess, by all accounts, I don't even know if you've met Goga yet, but just a guy that can, hey, it's another project, another opportunity, another big 6'11", four years into the NBA that can, you know, maybe find something, maybe strike lightning in a bottle like you did with Bull Bull or uh, some of these other players that you brought in in the past. I think this is a very similar situation to, like you said, Bull Bull. It, it's a free look at a guy, right? It's, yeah, it's right. a free look where it's not, you're not, uh, we have a team option, I believe, for the second year of his deal. So you you have the flexibility to where you basically get a free look at Goga in, in your own facility Right. He could potentially be a backup center or down the line or a third, you know, still be a third center on this team, depending on what other roster moves uh, that we do in the summer. Uh, when Mo Bombo got uh, sent off to L.A., that obviously opened up a spot because you right. do need that third that third big there. And that we did not have that because Mo Bombo has pretty That's cemented right. himself into that backup role now. It's a great story. Carter Jr. So I think it's I think it's a great move and it, and it really doesn't hurt the magic in any way. You, you get a free look at Goga in, in your own facility. You get to keep your flexibility. You don't lose any of that whatsoever. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits in with this group. Four years, 170 games with Indiana this year, 21 games, 52% from the floor, three points a game. So he gets an opportunity here. So now we look at this guy's 23 games remain 12 home, 11 away. You got a four-game road trip coming up, right? San Antonio, Phoenix, Clippers, and Lakers. That's not an easy schedule. Um, the, the strength of schedule remaining: seventeenth hardest, thirteenth easiest. I don't know if you make anything out of that, but you're kind of somewhere in the middle of the road, right? I Apparently. don't. I'm over strength of schedule. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. One injury, and then it changes the entire complexion of the league. Yeah. So I you're agree. twenty-four. You're twenty-four and thirty-five. You're a game and a half behind Indy. Right. And that's so that's a big game coming up on Saturday. You're going to have them coming up uh, two games behind Chicago. Man, it was a killer to not pull that one out against Toronto mm. because they now win the season series. And then you get a, a miraculous comeback by the Washington Wizards on Thursday, right before the All-Star break. Otherwise, you're only down three and a half to the Washington Wizards. It's now four and a half. Right. So so Toronto is 10th. You're four games behind them, really five because they have the tiebreaker, and you're four and a half games behind Washington. So you got to make up some ground. Last year, the tenth spot went to Charlotte, who was forty-three and thirty-nine. So to get to forty-three wins, you got to go nineteen and four here down the stretch. I, mm. I think that's a lot to ask. If it holds up the same as last year, if you got to get forty-three, did wins, you say nineteen and four? Exactly. Yeah. All right, I could, can we go ahead and say that that's not going to happen? I, I would love that happen. to happen, but that's probably not going to happen. We've got to keep this somewhat realistic, right? That's aggressive, right? So 500, <laughs> you get it to 500. Just even to get to 500, you're looking at 17 and 6. So now you started the season 5 and 20. You've gone 19 and 15 since then. I think to go 17 and 6, aggressive also, right? Just to get yes. to 500. That might be your bar. That might be really what you're shooting for. Can you go 17 and six? Ideally, right now, the 10th spot is three games under 500. If that holds, if number 10 is three games under 500, well, you got to go 14 and nine down the stretch. Now we're talking. Now that's now that's more <laughs> my liking. Yes. Right. I, I, so I, I can me, take 14 and nine. 
you've gone 19 and 15 in your last third. So are we looking at about a combination of 14 and nine, 15 and eight, somewhere around there where we can maybe make a realistic push for this thing? I'm going to say something. You guys are going to call me a loser. You're a loser. You're we a loser. have our, we've oh, already we gotta won. Hear, oh, we got to hear you say it first. I, you got to hear me say it first. We've already won. This is all I wanted. I just wanted meaningful games out of the All-Star That's break. I just wanted Dante co- to be detailing what we have to do, right? I just, right. I mean. To I be in the conversation. Yes, to be absolutely. In the, in the hunt, like they say in the in the NFL, lurking, uh, right? I just want to. I just want these games to matter. I don't want to be spending the next 23 games getting a look at Goga Bataze. And that is no, that is no offense to Goga Bataze. Solely, and I'm sure, solely looking at guys. Solely looking, exactly. And I'm sure we will. Um, and, and I think that's it's a good place to be where you're able to sort of do both um, this time of year. But I just, you know, heading into the month of March, I just didn't want it to be, you know, get me to April 9th. I I, I think that we're already in a good situation. Obviously, that 5-20 and 20 start killed you a little bit. Now you you do have a little bit of a steep hill to climb. But I just think I just think this um, this step in the growth of our young players and, and of our coaching staff, too. You know, Coach Mosley coming down the stretch and preparing yes, game plans absolutely. for very, very meaningful games, I think is all – it's all a win and it's all obviously – a step in the right direction for this group. I, I cannot agree with this any 2000%. I, I, this exactly. is exactly what these players need. They need to know what it's like coming into March to know that they're stepping on the floor and the game matters. Yes. We haven't 100%. had that with this group. Uh, you know, Paolo, Paolo is experiencing it as a rookie, right? So he doesn't know any better. But there's a lot of guys on that roster that have not experienced this at all. And it's very, very – I can't stress it enough how important it is that you're going into March, you're going into April, and you're just not mailing it in. You you have a purpose. There, there's, a, there's a reason for you to step into the building. There's a reason for you to come into work. Um, That's right. Listen, a lot of these games that you just touched on it, it, we have Indiana right out, right out the gates here on, on Saturday night. That's an enormous game for the magic. I don't know if we're going to get there only because of the hole that we dug ourselves in early on. And and that should also show these guys when the season ends, right? Wherever, wherever this falls at the end, April 9th, right? Say we're in, we're, we're not in, we're in the play in whatever. You're going to look back on this and go, all 82 games matter. Every Correct. game that you go out there matters because you kind of, you know, you kind of messed up there in the first 25 games of the season. You know, you can look back, oh, well, we missed the playoffs by four games. Well, if we didn't go five and 20, maybe we just went nine and nine and four, uh, 16, right? Like all of the, every game matters. And that can show these guys that there's tangible things to reach for that they haven't experienced yet. You know, Chumu OKK has not experienced any of this. Cole Anthony has Correct. not experienced Correct. any of this. Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner. I mean, we, we have a, a slew of guys on this roster that are going to get a taste of just what it means to play meaningful basketball down the stretch. And I'm with Jake. Like, I, Not to say that you don't want to make the play-in or the playoffs, because obviously that's everybody's goal that works for the team is, is to get to the end. But the fact that we're in a position with this group to, to play in some meaningful games down the stretch is enormous. It's enormous, well, and I it's think enormous we all, for Jamal, like like Jake said, the absolutely. coaching staff too. It's enormous for him. Well, and, and this is the final thing. We've only got a minute left here in the podcast. But I think the big thing is we all said at the beginning of the season, right? We all said at the beginning of the season, if we could be two, three, four games out going into the final few weeks, we're going to do that, right? Yep. We're going we're gonna to be Take in it. that conversation. That, that's what we've asked for. Take you it. won 22 games last year. 
Vegas had you at 26 and a half. You're sitting at 24. No matter what you do is going to be exponentially better than what everybody predicted for you this year. And you're going to get all those valuable experiences down the stretch. So guys, let's have fun. Let's enjoy these last 23. And let's let these guys get this uh, valuable experience here down the stretch. I'm ready. Me too. All right. Appreciate it, guys. That'll do it for the latest installment of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. Magic back at it Thursday on Valley Sports Florida and on 96.9 The Game.